It's the Quintessential Podcast, Championship Weekend Edition. Quinn Kesnick joined by Nick Myers, head coach of the Ohio State Buckeyes. Coach Myers uh, sent the Bucks to Championship Weekend back in 2017, played for a national championship. And he's a, an amazing guest for us this week because he's been there and he's played three of the four teams in the field, uh, playing Cornell twice, Rutgers twice, and Maryland once. Coach, I, I want to start with what this week is like for these uh for these squads for these franchises so to speak what 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 was the primary challenge uh when, when a team uh, earns its way to a championship weekend yeah first Quinn thanks for having me on it's always a pleasure to be on with you and um, thoughts and prayers with you and your family um it's great to be uh talking to you as we head into championship weekend certainly wasn't the same uh watching the games not hearing your voice last week you're such a big part of uh lacrosse and we're all very grateful for that um you know, Thanks. we've had the opportunity, uh, as you said, and, and 17, uh, you know, it's kind of unique. You know, I'll just state this, you know, the, the Big Ten started in 15. We lost to, to Hopkins that year in the championship game, uh, Big Ten, you know, and they went on and made a, a final four run. Um, we made a final four run in 17, uh, Penn State in 19. And now you, here we are in Rutgers uh, making their first run. So um, it's been kind of unique that way when you look at the landscape of the Big Ten. You know, you have three teams in the Big Ten that since the, the league has started have now made their first, you know, championship weekend appearance. Um, Hopkins obviously made, made one as well. And, and now, you know, Maryland kind of just lives there. Um, but, you know, I think Maryland has, has really elevated the, the league in a lot of ways. Uh, you know, it's forced everybody in the league to say, all right, if that's the standard in a league, we got we to off the game a bit. Um, so it's great to see two big, team, big Ten teams in the Final Four. Uh, kind of going back to your question, as far as challenges, from what I can remember, the experience we had, it gets on you fast. You know, I think that you, you're so hyper focused on that quarterfinal round, like that that round. Um, we've been in it. Uh, we've been in it three times at that point, and and you feel like getting to the quarters is a huge feat, but getting over that quarterfinal round to the final four is is just for a team like Ohio State or Rutgers is kind of that 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 big next step. And when you accomplish it, there's a little bit of a euphoric feeling of like, all right, we're heading to championship weekend. And then all of a sudden, you know, the, the, the phone starts ringing and, you know, alumni you haven't heard from in years, you got donors, you got suites, you got everything coming at you kind of at once, you know? So I think first off early in the week is being able to mitigate, you know, and really kind of uh, hand some of that off um, and really just try to stay as committed to your process as you possibly can, you know, getting the travel figured out early on in the week, getting the logistics figured out, um, you know, you know, as men's across, unlike football, we don't have seven or eight full-time staff members. So, you know, I think school is finishing up. You still have young men that are finishing academically and making sure that gets done the right way, getting your travel figured out, getting, getting families figured out. So then you can really shift gears, um, and focus on the task at hand. And I truly believe that the most important thing is you got to get that first one. You know, when we played Towson, that, that was our primary focus of, you know, how do we get that first one? And then, and can we regroup and, um, load up and empty the tank on, on Monday, given the opportunity. <clears throat> yeah, you guys beat Duke in the quarters. Then you took care of Towson. Uh, that that weekend, like, is it easier once you're on the ground? That that weekend was up in Gillette. Like, when you land on that plane or, or the bus gets there, does, is that easier? Like, is it easier to get out of your office and 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 kind of relocate where it's just the team and now and now it's strictly game focused? Yeah, I think you make a great point. I think there's pros and cons to to home and away. I think in an environment like that. Um, having the men, you know, structured is key, you know, schools are done for everybody now, 
Uh, so having a hotel, having your meals structured, having your meeting time structured, it limits some of the distractions. I know for us, that was a unique year. If you remember, we got up there, I think it was Thursday, and they did the, the men and the women combined at one venue. And, you know, so we had a, a, the first thing we did was take a bus to the stadium and we had a dinner reception where we had the four teams that were playing on the men's side and the women's side. And so I thought, I think for our men, just to be around that many student athletes, like initially, they kind of like leveled them a little bit, like, okay, we're looking around, um, gotten comfortable. Um, we heard from, you know, coach Rabel that Paul Rabel that, that night and a couple of nice speakers. And I just think after that evening, it hit in with the men that were here, um, kind of sized up the room, kind of look around, say, okay, let's get back to work and let's get, get excited about this process that we've been working towards. Well, th this weekend we've got, uh, Cornell and Rutgers in, in game one, you face Cornell twice this year, most recently in the first round of, of the tournament. I, I look at them and the attack jumps off the page at me. Uh, John Piatelli, Michael Long and, and CJ Kirst, and they're all very different players. What, what are some of the challenges that you, when, when you face a team that's so attack oriented with uh, different skill sets? Yeah, I'll tell you what, you, you nailed it. I mean, that, that attack is really special. Um, as good an attack unit as we faced all year, for sure. You know, I think that the, the challenges they present initially is where, where does your cover one go? You know, the, the, you know, the logical answer is cursed, um, potentially, you know, but, but Long is certainly very capable. And then Piatelli doesn't necessarily, it's easy to say, well, he gets the third guy. Um, maybe he doesn't dodge as hard, but, you know, 50-plus goals. Um, and he's, his ability to dodge approaches, his ability to get to the cage off a of ball movement. Uh, he's got as good a touch and a scoring knack as, as anybody in the country, in my opinion. Um, so they're different, the three attackmen, uh, different strengths. And it makes it really challenging just to look at it from a, from a matchup perspective, say, all right, where do we go? Um, because, you know, you can watch one film and see one maybe play okay and say, all right, that's the guy. Then you watch a different film and you say, geez, this is the guy. You know, the way the way Kirst is playing right now, you're, you're hard pressed not to think it's got to start with him. Um, but, you know, like I said, Long and 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 Piatelli can really sting you. So it, it's a it's a really good group. You know, Coach Busick's done a great job complimenting those three with good midfield play. And, uh, you know, they're playing with a lot of confidence right now. Yeah, I watched their midfielders play and Coyle and Lachardi, 11 and 13, are, are their water bugs, their jitterbugs. They can be difficult covers. And if you don't slide to them, they can they can dance their way all the way to, to the goal. And then Kelleher, 27, Hugh Kelleher is a, just a big downhill sophomore. Uh, when I look at their success this season and some games they lost, midfield scoring is a real barometer. Uh, you know, if they don't get some complimentary midfield scoring, typically they haven't played as well. Are they the, the attack? Obviously, it's an attack centric offense, but they need those midfielders to have an impact. I'm going to be interested to see what Rutgers slide mentality is. Rutgers typically has been slow to go this year. Uh, I'll be interested to see how Rutgers defends Cornell's dodging midfielders. Yeah, it's, it's a great point. I think you nailed it. I think the Rutgers stingy slide decisions coupled with uh, Cornell's passing ability, you got to be really buttoned up very much like Maryland. Well, I know we'll get to them, but like Cornell, if you make a bad slide decision, they are excellent at sharing the ball. Um, just from experience of the teams that we talked about that we've played, I mean, they, they move the ball and share the ball as well as any team that we've played. That's including Maryland, in my opinion. Um, you know, I think that the decision you have to make with, the, with those midfielders, you nailed it, you know, two, two middies uh, in 11 and 13 that play similar 
And then 27 is the guy out of the box who's moon dodge, you know, he's, he's getting that big run at you. So where do you put the pole? You know, do you put the pole on 11 because you don't want to defend as much of the invert? If you don't pull 11, you're going to, you're going to spend a lot of time below the goal in big littles and little bigs and invert action. Um, so a lot of teams have gone to the pole to 11 um, and then made, and then you got to slide to 27. You're not holding slides to 27 coming out of the box. So I think that's the, the decision that you got to look at in the first quarter to see, you know, how are they matching up? Are they going to go to 27? Once you start going to 27, the ball starts moving. Um, you pull 27, now you're defending the invert. So it's, it's a little tricky there. <clears throat> That's outstanding. Last thing about Cornell would be defender Gavin Adler, uh, number 77. He's from my area, Hewlett, Long Island. He's, he's an unbelievable player. R really five foot eight, maybe. So tough, so tenacious, incredible footwork. His stick positioning is right on your hip. He gets to your hands. He blocks passes. He's He's on every loose ball. This kid, coach, I, I, I can't tell you. I, I don't even have a comparison. He, he's that much of an outlier. Yeah, I mean, I listen, he's, he's a tough competitor. I mean, that's the ultimate compliment you can give to a, to a young man that you play against. I mean, he, he plays right up into that edge where you feel like almost everything he does is a foul, but it's not. You know, like he, he, he's that aggressive. He's that tenacious. He crowds you. You know, he, he's kind of – I'm watching the NBA playoffs. I'm a, I'm a Celtics fan right now, and – you watch great playoff NBA defense, and you know you, you see the guy. I mean, they're they're right on the verge of of committing a foul, um, but they're not, you know. And that's that's the name of the game. And I think he's a guy that's he 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 gets he gets in your space. He he crowds you off picks. He he bumps you. He nicks you. He's physical on the island. Um, he does a really nice job, you know. I think that you're gonna where teams have had success with them is is going after if you have two dodging attackmen. Can you go after their second or third guy? You know, is their second and third defenseman proven to the point where you feel like you can put Adler maybe in an off-ball space? You know, you saw Yale do that a little bit in the, in the Ivy League where, you know, Brando operated more off the ball. Um, you know, so I think those are things you have to kind of look at and decide how you want to attack. But he's certainly uh, as good as any defenseman that we went against this year. We'll be back after a word from our sponsor. The OC Lax Open, presented by SmartLink, is a three-day men's and women's lacrosse tournament in Ocean City, Maryland, where players will compete for $30,000 in cash prizes. Join us on June 24th through the 26th and compete in one of three divisions, men's open, women's open, and men's over 35. The championship team from each division receives a $10,000 cash prize. Register today at oclaxopen.com. Neither team is, is good in the, in the face-off department statistically. Uh, and then last thing I'll say, Cornell rides you with their attack. They're, those guys do scrap uh, and fight pretty well. Yeah, I, 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 wanted... film. I mean, they're, they're getting a goal. They're getting a goal to three goals every game off rebounds. Every yeah. game. You, rebounds. You every game, they're, they're averaging two to three goals on rebounds every game. So you can't say it's an outlier when a team's doing it every week. You know, so I think – that, that they're great off the ground. You know, again, it goes back to their identity, um, but that's something you have to be prepared to defend. Yeah, no, that's interesting because the first thing I, I, I wrote on my note, I said, this team scraps for ground balls. Like, it, it's just obvious uh, everywhere uh, over the field. Let's turn our attention to Rutgers, team you know really well in conference. Uh, going back, this team is really mature, a lot of grad transfers, 27 seniors. Their offense it's kind of multi-pronged in that they got the, the transition. They had the early offense in the subbing game with their shorties who are, who are really capable wing dodgers uh, in, that, in that first 15 seconds of the possession. Then Ross Scott 
from behind. It's been a, a cover issue this year. He's really super fast. And they got the, they got some uh, midfielders, Shane Knobloch and, and others who, uh, who can sting it. What, what, what do you think is, is when you, when you tried to defend them, like what is job number one? Yeah. Well, I got, listen, Shane, I'm, I'm a little biased there because we've just, we've just uh, added him to the team USA roster for this summer. So I've enjoyed, you know, following the guys on the team and, and he's certainly one of them. He's had a, he's had a breakout sophomore year. You know, a lot of times it's hard to follow up that freshman breakout season with a, with a sophomore year. And, you know, once everybody kind of the, knows who you are and, and Shane has done that. And then some, in my opinion, um, you know, he's a great rollback shooter, you know, his ability to get back to the middle of the field. If you put a long pole on him, a lot of middies are, are now off ball players or time and room or that type of thing. He, he will go at the long pole um, and his ability to like roll back um, and, and get to the middle of the field is, is pretty uncanny. He's got a lot of different release points, low to low, low to high, high to low. So when a pole is on him, he's great at getting his hands around the pole, getting shots off. And I think, you know, the complimentary play uh, of the midfielder they picked up uh, number eight, you know, yeah, this year. He's really yeah. taking pressure off of him, you know, because they're a one-two punch in the midfield. And, and like Cornell, they got a really balanced attack. You know, they picked up the transfer, the lefty, um, you know, who's a good goal. Cameron, yep. Right. yep, Cameron. But but four, man, he's he's a presence. And he's – you think he's big, and then you stand next to him on the sideline, you get a better sense of how big he is. He He's a presence. He moves well. Uh, he's got right, left. I mean, it's you thought you were you're getting out of the woods when Curse graduated last year, and then, and then he rolls in. Um, and he's played really well down the stretch. I mean, he's a stretch shooter. He's a big body. You know, he's a guy that off a ball really compliments it. And I think the guy that stirs the drink is clearly, um, you know, five, you know, he's a guy that that when they've needed a goal, when they've needed a big moment, you look at the Penn state game, he he had the the game tired and the game winner, our game, you know, late in the fourth quarter, um, coming out of a timeout. And that was a backbreaker goal for us against us. Uh, he, he's just been that guy that in those moments, they love to go below the goal, set a pick, whether it's above or below. And he seems to be answering the bell. He, he's a guy that I think ran on maybe their second midfield line last year. Um, maybe isn't being talked about enough from a guy that went from like a second midfield line role to really one of the more dominant attackmen in the big 10. Uh, he, he's had a great year. So there's a lot to think about there. Um, they share the ball well, and certainly they get you in the early offense. You know, you gotta be buttoned up when the ball comes over the midfield line. So that's a sub situation. It seems like, you know, they penalize people for taking bad shots because Colin Kirst, not only is he a good goalie, I, I, I love his play outside the net. I think he throws really aggressive, uh, soft outlet passes. They're catchable. And, 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 and Rutgers runs, you know, they're shorties, Tommy Coyne and Daninger and, and Brennan Kamish, 44, and Frank Kowiak had a goal last week. They stay on. And so if you don't sub well, you're, if your old middies stay on, they're going to get taken to the rack. And if you run off, you're giving them five on fours and six on fives. What, what are, what's critical for Cornell now, let's say on a turnover or on a save they, they don't have two way guys, Cornell. And so they got some decisions to make. Do, do they run off or, or stay on? How, how, what do you, what do you, what can manifest yeah, itself? I think there? you have to evaluate that in, in a couple of ways, you know, um, Cornell is a team that, that gets a lot off their ride. So, you know, you, if you if you commit to getting your guys off the field, now you're probably committing to bailing on your riding, um, which is which is stepping away from the identity they have. So if you are going to ride, you have to be committed, I think, to putting a hat on hat, getting in the hole. And when you have hat on hat, getting in the hole, you limit their transition. But now you got to really defend that early offense. You know, they'll go to that wing dodge with a defensive midfielder and really try to get you to slide. And, and that can be tricky because then you're recovering now and your offensive midfielder is now on someone else who can't get off or 
you're having a show and snap back. And so that, that to me is probably the best way to mitigate that is you stay true to your identity, you ride, and then you just have to be comfortable getting in and, and defending those defensive middies. Um, you know, you made the point of cursed, you know, they, they do get over the top as well as anybody his, you know, you train your attack when you get in the goalie's face, he, he's hit he, ball is up and out as fast as any goalie we've played. He, he does just a great job. Uh, they break out really well for him, but he makes a lot of clean saves, a lot of low angle, clean saves. I really think you got to get between the hash marks against him. I mean, anything outside the hash marks is almost an instant offense for Rutgers. Um, you know, and I think that you stat him between the hash marks versus out is, is a little different. I mean, as did most goalies go, but, you know, he's just very good at those low angles. He almost catches them and then the ball is out over your head. So if you can minimize bad shots and then you're committed to riding and maybe getting in and, and they're just doing a great job in that early offense phase, that, that's probably your best bet. It's funny. I've seen Rutgers defenders late sliding to a step down shooter, let's say, and they just keep running up the field. I mean, they, they, they don't even challenge the shot. They're, they're gone the other way the is uh, as that shooter st staring at his shot. Last thing about Rutgers coach, their defensive philosophy. Uh, they're really athletic. I saw them in person, uh, Rutgers Harvard. And as you said, Bartolo is big. This is a good looking team. They, they got some athletes that are really mature and old. You know, Apgar, who comes in off the bench is 6'4". I was just like taken back at the athletes. They typically struggle with some off-ball stuff, quite honestly. They can be ball watchers. They don't want to slide. Uh, they want to give up shots off of the ISO, uh, which, which makes uh, Kirst's job easier. What do you think their slide mentality would likely be against the Cornell team? It's a good question. You know, like I said, credit to Coach Breck. He, he's done an outstanding job and his staff, um, you know, with, with their group and defensively, you know, and, and it's a veteran group, as you said. They're deep. Uh, the long stick midi, uh, 29, you know, yeah, Dan, Ethan Rall. I, I just don't think he gets enough attention. He, he's, he is that good. You know, he's that disruptive. Um, I think about the kid for Loyola, um, a few years Brian back. McNulty? No, but no, go, go back farther from Atlanta. Why am I drawing Ratcliffe? Oh, yeah. 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 Um, yeah. Scott Ratliff. Yeah. Ratliff. I mean, he, he's like, he, he kind of reminds me of that model, you know, cause he's so disruptive. Uh, but he's got such an offensive flair, you know, and his ability to create plays in the open field. Uh, he will put the ball on the ground in a heartbeat, you know, and, and I just think he's a guy that maybe sometimes goes unnoticed, but makes five, six plays a game. We played and we had him down for 25 cost turnovers going into our big 10 play, you know, which is, a, a, I don't know where he is now, but that's a ton. Um, and then you look at a defensive midfield stable that's pretty deep, you know, and, and, and really has played a lot together. Uh, so they have the ability to go with two midfield lines. And I think when you're playing a Cornell or a Maryland, that second rope when it's hot is big. You know, if you get in a situation where you lose two faceoffs and you got to put your second rope out there, uh, that's a defining moment. If you're going to try to get wins over a Cornell or Maryland type type situation, um, Princeton for that matter. Um, so I think they have the depth defensively, which is key, because if you're not going to slide, you can't play two guys. You got to be willing to play more guys. Or, or be stingy with your slides. And they have a, a bona fide cover corner. I mean, in, in, in 81, I mean, he is very athletic. He's experienced, he's been there. Um, he's played every, everybody's best guy for, for years. Um, and they got a goal who's, who's hot right now. So, you know, yeah, I mean, I think there's a lot of reasons to be excited about what Rutgers can do defensively and, and the type of job that coach has done with them. We got about five minutes to finish this up with uh, Maryland. Uh, we, we, we could talk for hours uh, about this Terps team and 
I mean, I keep looking for weaknesses. I, there's a couple guys on their defensive side that I would be taking to the goal. Uh, obviously, it's not Ajax Zapatello, who did a great job last week against Schellenberger. It's not Brett Makar. I want to know um, who you'd be taking to the goal. I want to stop you. Uh, well, who, who how, come you people aren't, how come people aren't pulling Ray Hill and making him play a two-man game and then taking him to the goal? Uh, Quinn, I hear you, brother. I, I, I'm listen, man. They, like, I know it's not easy to, to like <laughs> isolate a guy when, when they're playing such good team defense, but like, I, I, I get tired of, of seeing people trying to take Puglisi or Fairman or Zapatello or Maycar. I'm like, that's not going to work. Trust me, I've watched this all year long. Uh, you you, you got to do something, right? It's, uh, but it's hard. Yeah. Listen, you asked me about the three teams we've played. We, we had six losses here. Five of them came to the three teams in the Final Four, right? Two, two to Rutgers, two to Cornell, one to Maryland. I would say that those three teams in a lot of ways are very similar. I mean, they're deep. They're capable. The, the one thing that I would say favors Maryland is 52. And, and I know that I'm not saying anything that's reinventing the wheel here, but 52 really changes the game in a sense that, I mean, you're talking about a guy who right now going into championship weekend is over 400 faceoffs on the year. I mean, that is, that is a, that is a workload. We took Jake into the playoffs that year in 17, he had 425. And I think Maryland threw two, maybe three guys at him in that final game on Monday. And at that point he had, he had almost run out of gas, you know, it was a lot, you know? So I think, as you look at him and this, you know, this young man doesn't show any signs of that, but you know, he, he's the tipping point, you know, and I think when you look at these, these teams, they, they both have, you know, in, in Rutgers, Cornell, they have the depth in defensive midfield. They have a guy that can cover, they have great tax and offense, I mean, they're very similar. You know, they, they have a lot of similarities. The one thing that to me, when you compare that makes Maryland just that much better is, is their ability to go 65 to 70%. I mean, we were going into the fourth quarter, we were a one goal game in the fourth quarter of Maryland and we were 50, 50 at the X. And then we lost six straight faceoffs, and the game ended up like 18 to 12, you know, and, and that's what they can do to you when that, when he gets hot or he gets four or five in a row, it, it gets your second rope out there. Your defense wears down, the ball starts to move. And next thing you know, it's a five goal run and you're, you're playing, you're playing catch up. So it's him. And then those added possessions taxing your defense, their motion offense is, is special. I mean, they, they move, that ball moves. They don't settle for bad shots. They're always hunting the better shot. Even late in a shot clock, it'll be 10 seconds to go. They seem to have this clock in the back of their heads where they're, it's one more, one more. They don't take maybe shots, you know, and, and uh, it, it just puts a lot of pressure, it seems, on your defense. What, what's the best way to deal with that motion scheme? Uh, did you say, do you just stand still and say, you guys can run around, we're not going to chase you? Or, or do you try to press out at X? They seem to get that, that, uh, that faded X a lot of times, you know, off the alley dodge. Best thing is make sure your goalie gets a hell of a warm up. You know what I mean? I mean, like, like the warm up of his life. You know, our goalie, I think he had, you know, shoot, he must have had 18, 20 saves in that game. You, your goalie is going to have to make 15 to 20. You're going to have to find a way to get the fifth, the face off X close to 50%. If you want to have a chance, you got to do those two things. Um, there's no secret sauce defensively. You know, you got to hope that you can be really buttoned up with your sliding decisions. You're going to defend more than you're used to. I mean, total dodges, you're looking at probably 70, 80 dodges, whereas most teams you play, you probably get 50 to 60 dodges. So just a number of dodges you're facing. Why is, why is that? Just the pace that they play at? It's the rapid ball move. You're going to get more quick dodges. Like you said, the probing and the constant ball movement and dodging, um, where the most teams, as you stat them out, the number of dodges we face, just 15 to 20 less. So you can't you can't go into the game and say you're going to play 3D middies. You got to go in there and be committed to playing more guys 
um, to stay fresh. You probably have to be multiple like Virginia was. You probably have to mix some zone in there uh, and hope you can steal a few. And, and then you got to do a great job on the other end of the field, you know, manufacturing goals and, and trying to do a great job of, of, you know, you know, keeping the ball in that end as much as you can, because that's probably your best defense. Um, that offense gets in a rhythm. It's, it's tough. They're, they're incredibly rhythm based. They, they don't, even if they have one or two where like, you feel like it doesn't go their way, they get right back to playing at a, at a high speed. So coach Tillman and his staff done a remarkable job. Like I said, it's great to see two big 10 teams in the final four. It's great for the league. Um, and, uh, great for big Ten lacrosse. Coach, thanks so much. Last thing, I know you got a, you got a, a call here coming up. Uh, Team USA this summer. You're taking a bunch yes, of guys over to Ireland. What's uh, what's what should the fans know? Oh, listen, it's going to be exciting. We got 23 guys that are looking forward to representing uh, Team USA. It's been a long journey. Um, you know, this was a, a situation where I coached the national team in 2016 over in Vancouver, and we had an incredible game final versus Team Canada. Uh, it's actually the Tom Hayes uh, Trophy. It's named after Coach Hayes. Uh, so, you know, as Rutgers done a remarkable job honoring coach, you know, I, I had the pleasure of meeting him on several occasions. He's done a ton for international lacrosse. So we'll be competing for that trophy, uh, to keep it here and, and bring it back to the United States. Uh, these men have waited now six years to, to do that. You know, it's a little bit longer than we anticipated. So it's U21. Uh, you're going to see that some of the best, um, uh, there is in, in all of college lacrosse compete in Ireland for over a two week window for a world championship. That's awesome, Coach. Uh, look forward to that this summer. Thank you for coming on. Thanks for the reservation at the Thurman House and, and for reaching out to me last week. You're the best. Appreciate Love you. Thank it. you. Right on.